Thank you for joining us for this portion of the Women Inseparable Value series, Proclaim Jesus. Here's Jacqueline. All right, this is the fourth video of the Proclaim Jesus uh, series. We're going to we're going to continue on in our process of seeing ourselves where we are. A lot of times when women inseparable will say to come as we are, come where we are. And one thing I love about this series is we're seeing ourselves where we are, the different places in which we get to reside always in the first places at the cross. We get to see ourselves at the cross and we get to see ourselves before the throne of God, before the very throne of Jesus Christ. We get to see that always with boldness and with confidence. This week, we're going to see the rock, the rock on which we stand. You'll see this reference in the Old Testament prophesied about Jesus Christ, and you see this reference in the New Testament. If you want a fun personal challenge, do a study on the rock, do a study on the cornerstone that is called Jesus Christ, and you'll see exactly what that foundation is. Ephesians talks about as as being stood upon the very foundation of Jesus Christ. It's where we stand and we get that, that placement because of what happened at the cross, receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We get to be on the rock. The beautiful thing about being on that rock is that the rock never moves. It never moves. It never changes. The rock, the cornerstone that is our Savior, Jesus Christ, is always and forever under our feet. It, it's what we stand on. And the truth can be said of you, so when you've got two Christians who know for sure that they are saved by the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ, both standing upon the rock and they're side by side, do you see the size of that rock? That rock does not move from underneath their feet, but yet it goes with us everywhere we go. That's cool. So it's not that we have to be in our prayer closet alone in the privacy with our father to be on the rock. When we leave our prayer closet and go out into the world, that rock is still under our feet. We are still always and forever on that rock. So where the rock does not move or change or alter in any way, it goes with us everywhere we go. That's us on the rock. How do we apply that to this study in proclaiming Jesus? That's our goal this week. What does this look like? What does it look like for you to be on the rock, others around us to be on the rock, and others around us to not be on the rock? That's our goal. We're going to look at Matthew 5. We're going to look at Jesus' words. Oftentimes when you want to know what something looks like, look for Jesus' words and his description of it. Matthew 5, 6 and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. This whole, those three passages, those three chapters are a great, great place to start. So if you want to extend this personal challenge and see what being on the rock looks like according to the Sermon on the Mount, start at the beginning of Matthew 5 and look through the visual image of being on the rock and the visual image of not being on the rock and see the contrast between the two as you look at Jesus' words. We're going to jump right in to the middle of this sermon. And we're going to start with, let's start with verse 23. I'm sorry, verse 33. That's 33. That would be, I guess, old lady joke can be inserted right there. As I see, see the numbers wrong with my eyeballs. <laughs> verse Matthew 5, verse 33, it says these words. Jesus says again, 
Again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord, Lord what you have sworn. So he goes back to the Old Testament. And a lot of times of what he's doing in this whole parallel passage is saying this law, you know it as this. I'm coming to you with a new law. I'm going to take that old law and I'm going to turn it into the new law. This is what he's doing in contrast. As a New Testament believer, we want to see what Jesus is saying as the new. So he says, you know what they said of old. Verse 34, he says, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is, for it is the throne of God. Do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Do you see yourself? It's as if God is saying, you are there before the throne of God, so watch your words to those who are around you. People are going to be asking you questions. They're going to want you to testify and promise you and say these things. Don't you dare go back to those old ways of saying, oh, oh, what I'm saying, I swear I promise I true. It's just true, 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 true. And come up with this stuff and say these, these fables and these exaggerated words like the Pharisees would be asked these religious questions and they would say all this dialogue and people would get lost in the words. And not everything that they would say was scripturally correct, but what they said was religiously sound. Jesus is saying, get over that. You are before the throne of God. Let your word be yes before the throne, almost as if who's on the rock around you doesn't matter. I'm your audience. The question came to you. You need to an answer. Don't look at that person you're answering. Look at me. What's your answer? Would your answer to me be yes or no? Okay. It'd be yes. Okay. Say that answer to that person. Simple. And make sure that whatever you say is honest and goodness, truth, according to me, the very God that sits on the throne. Does that make sense? Watch the length of your words. Watch the truth of your words. Watch the validity of your words. Make sure that they can be cast before the very throne of God, because that is where a promise stands. The next passage we see in verse 38, he says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. That's an interesting statement. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth was the Old Testament law. But here he says, I say to you, do not, do not resist the one who is evil. Here we are on the rock. And we saw last week who's before the throne with us, right? So those that are before the throne with us, we know for sure met Jesus at the cross. We know the people that are before the throne beside us know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The same people that are before the throne are the same people that are on the rock. However, not everybody in our lives are on the rock. There are people that we know, people around us in our lives that are not on the rock. They are not on the rock. They do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Not everybody that's off the rock is kind. Jesus says, see yourself on that rock. See the people that are before the throne on the rock next to you. And then he says, do not resist the one who is evil. That's an interesting dialogue. Once you imagine Jesus saying, make sure you block the evil 
Lead us not into temptation, but protect us from the evil one. This is not talking about the evil one. This is not talking about Satan. This is not talking about Lucifer. This is not talking about the prince of the power of this world. This is talking about a human who has evil intentions. Don't resist them. Isn't that fascinating? It's fascinating. We picture ourselves before the throne. We picture those oaths, that promise that we want to proclaim, the truths that we want to proclaim, the yes and the no that we want to proclaim. And yet Jesus says, don't resist the one who is evil. He says, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you, do you see that person off the rock? Do you see that person who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Do you see that person who does not know what the forgiveness of sin feels like to their soul? And you hear them say, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to hurt you. I don't like you. I disdain you. I want fill in the blank. Can you pause their words for a moment from touching your ears, from touching your thoughts to touching your heart and just separate for a moment their position and your position. You are the one on the rock. You are the one that holds the stone of yes and no of truth that is cast before the throne of God. You are the one that holds the truth of Jesus Christ. That person who has evil intentions in their heart does not know the saving grace of your savior. Yes, they are saying vile things. Yes, they may be doing vile things, but they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. Try not to take it personal. They need Jesus. You have Jesus. Do you see the connection? You can go to Matthew 5, 14, where earlier in this passage, he says, you are the light of the world. It's an open door, as odd as it sounds. He says, when somebody wants to sue you, that's an open door for you to say, I am the light of the world. It's powerful. Scripture says, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Do you see what that journey looks like? You've got somebody with evil intention in your heart that's saying, let's, I, you have to walk this mile with me. You have to, we have to do this together. And you're like, but I don't want to, I can't, whatever our excuses are, we have our statements, we have our truths. Visualize this difference. You're walking a mile. Jesus says, don't just go with a mile, overdo it, overdo it. He's saying, you have to do this with me. Say, okay, I'll do that with you. And I'll do this too. As if you're kind of pouring kindness over him. Picture walking side by side with this person and picture what's underneath your feet. You're on the rock. You hold the truth of Jesus Christ in your hand. This person does not. Their feet are not on the rock. Your goal in that two mile journey is to get that person's position moved from off the rock to on the rock. Your goal is not to prove the goodness of your character. Your goal is not to prove the position of your church. Your goal is not to prove the promise of what you know to be true. Your goal in that two mile journey is to move that person off the rock to on the rock through the saving power of your risen savior, Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference? It kind of changes the element of the situation. Jesus says, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. 
do you see the person begging from you off the rock? And does it change your heart and giving just a little bit? Like all this person wants from me is just oh, so weighty. It's so heavy. won't stop. Do you see where his feet are? Do you see his knees falling to a sand that's ready to overtake him? And you think, if I can just give him one more thing, it's an open door to give him the tangible thing that he needs. And at the same time saying, I've got more. You don't just need this money. You don't just need this coat. You don't just need this bread. You don't just need these shoes. You need Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ came and Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he rose again, giving you a life of freedom from sin. Don't you know? Oh, I know, and I want you to know. He says, don't resist the one who has evil. Rather, see that you are on the rock. See that they are not on the rock and get their position to Jesus. It's an open door. Jesus says it's an open door. He continues, he says, you have heard that it was said, powerful as we see that change in our brain as we read this next passage you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy I've heard that Jesus says I'm going to give you something new I say to you I want you to love your enemies do you see where your enemies are standing I dare say your enemies are not standing on the rock of Jesus Christ on a side note, if your enemy is standing on the rock of Jesus Christ, hmm, that's a whole different ballgame. You may need to go to Philippians 4 with that person who knows Jesus as their Savior and get your relationship right with God. That's a whole different dialogue. It's a whole different series. Right now we're thinking and we're focusing on the one who does not know Jesus as our Savior. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you see how strong you are? How sure your feet are planted on the rock? You've got somebody who's not on the rock persecuting you and casting evil words at you. Why are you crumbling under those words? Do you have an answer to that question? Why are we crumbling under the words of the unsaved? What makes us crumble? Consider that. Here we are on the rock. We've got the solid truth within us, within our hands, within our mind, our heart, our soul. Our very bloodline is Jesus Christ on the rock. This person doesn't even have a clue. They don't have a clue. Don't take it so personally. Rather, pray for them. Pray that their soul will get saved. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise. Do you see the rock? Do you see those on the rock? Do you see those around the rock? And this sentence makes so much more sense when we see the placement of everybody in our lives. He says, he makes, God makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. This passage used to confuse me, but when I picture the rock and I picture those of us that know Jesus on the rock and those that don't know Jesus off the rock, this makes sense. The sun is rising just the same. It rises over those that's on the rock at the same time. It rises over those that are not on the rock. It's an obvious statement. We're all going to receive this, the rays of his son. And he sends rain on the just, and he sends rain on the unjust just the same. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors, don't even those who are not on the rock have the same reward. 
a returned love from a human. Our job, our goal, our whole purpose as a child of God on the earth is to be a light to the world, to proclaim to those who are off the rock, there's something more. There's always something more, and that answer is Jesus. Our homework assignment this week is to make a visual list, physical, on a piece of paper, everyone in your life. Like, that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Start to the nearest, the closest to you, and work your way out. List the people that are in your life. Start with your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Start with your neighbors, your coworkers, and expand. See who is on your, your radar. Who has God placed in your life? Make a list. And then your goal this week is to find out who's on the rock, who's not on the rock. Use your salvation sentence. Talk to them about Jesus. That's your goal. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.